Good morning to everybody. And together we thank the Lord this morning. Um, the world celebrates Christmas. Praise the Lord. Today, as we are worshiping the Lord, I believe and I pray that we can shout from the depth of our heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is born into our hearts, and that's what real Christmas is. Praise God. And we want to bless our Lord, who has changed the very trajectory of our life, who has changed the very destiny. Our destiny has been changed. By Christ coming into our lives. So this morning we want to bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are going to look into the scriptures this morning. Definitely this is a uh, Merry Christmas to everyone as we look to the Lord. Praise the Lord. We don't want to. We do know that it's not this particular day. There is no uh, evidence that Jesus was born on December 25th. But it's a fact that Jesus came to this world. Praise the Lord. And it is a greater celebration that Christ was born into our hearts. And that is, hallelujah, reason for us to jump and shout. And I pray that it will not be confined to this, this particular day, but every day of our life. Praise the Lord. Today's message is titled, The Gist of Christmas. And um, I want to read a few portions, uh, but I will be focusing on the gospel according to Matthew and the gospel according to Luke. And I'm going to be pulling out few references in order to save time. I'll just read from Luke. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 I'm going to read. But at the same time I'll be gleaning from Matthew chapter 2 as well. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. Keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning this child. And all those who heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. 
But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Impart your grace, your anointing, so that the word of God will be proclaimed. Hallelujah. With clarity, Lord. With anointing, Lord. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. And we take victory to Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we said, and everybody said, Amen, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So today's message is titled, The Gist of Christmas. The Gist of Christmas. What comes to your mind when you hear the word Christmas? Based on what we are exposed to, where we live, and what we find ourselves seeing and hearing and touching, we all would have different kinds of explanation as to what comes to our mind when we hear the word Christmas. Praise the Lord. What, regardless of what comes to our mind, we cannot forget the fact that God sent his only son for us, Jesus, so that he may be our substitute, our savior, our redeemer. And he gave himself up on the cross so that you and I can have God's kind of life. What is that? Everlasting life. Praise the Lord. God's kind of life. The fullness of life. God wants every one of us to experience that in this world and in the world to come. Praise the Lord. Life everlasting and life in abundance. But quite often, when we orient ourselves with the term Christmas, so many things creep into our mind and we really forget Christ, who is the core, the essence of our life. Praise God. So this morning, I want you to take you through both the gospel writers, Matthew's recording and Luke's recording as we look into the gist of what Christmas is all about. Praise the Lord. We are going to look into what the gist of Christmas is. Praise the Lord. Brothers, hello. Hey, praise the Lord. Okay, either the clicker has to work or you have to be watching me when I'm speaking, okay? Thank you. All right, what is the gist of Christmas? When you read the scripture, we understand that when the shepherds heard the announcement and when they shared, the people wondered about this child. Do you, when you look at Christ, when you look at Jesus, when you read about Jesus, do you wonder about how wonderful this Jesus is? Praise the Lord. When we take out, when we miss the wonder out of this 
wonderful Savior. When we stop marveling about Jesus, the person Jesus, we will lose the essence of what Christianity itself is. Quite often, people fall in the rut of religion and ritual and forget who Jesus Christ is. Praise the Lord. When you are in this season or any season, we don't want to forget the wonderful Savior. The prophet Isaiah, he prophesizes that his name will be called Wonderful. Praise the Lord. We have to take time to wonder about this wonderful Savior. When those people heard about the announcement and the birth of Jesus, they wondered as to what kind of a child this is. When we come to worship God, as we continue to serve God, we cannot lose the wonder about who Jesus is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, what caused them to wonder? The scenes that comes that is recorded there will cause anyone to stop and wonder about who this child Jesus is. Praise God. You know, when the shepherds were out in the field, it was pitch dark at night. And this darkness was slit open by the light from heaven. The silence of the night, still night, was shattered by melodious music that filled the place. And as an announcement was made about the birth of Jesus. To them, that was a supernatural phenomenon. Praise the Lord. That they could actually hear, see, and he understand that, in, that God's son, Emmanuel, has been born. And that brought wonder to them and to the people who heard what the shepherds witnessed. When we read the scripture, we cannot just simply read the scripture as you're reading the, a history book or a story book. When you read the scripture, you have to get into the scripture. You have to dive into the scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to take you through those scenes. And when you do that, you would realize the wonder in this birth of this child. This is how Charles Spurgeon puts it. And I want to, I want to bring this. Uh, I want you to read this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born of the Virgin Mary and became a man. Is he not rightly called wonderful, infinite and an infant, eternal and yet born of a woman, almighty and yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting the universe and yet needed to be carried in a mother's arms? King of angels, and yet the reputed son of Joseph, heir of all things, and yet the carpenters despise the son. End of quote. Charles Spurgeon puts this. When you look at this carefully, you can understand what is so wonderful about Jesus. But then today, you and I have the scripture in its fullness, 
And as we look at the scripture and the revelation that God has given us about who Jesus is, have you ever paused to wonder about the greatness of this Jesus? Have you ever paused to ponder and mull over this person, Jesus Christ? When you ponder based on the revelation that is given in the scripture, you understand how awesome Jesus is. Indeed, he is wonderful. Praise the Lord. 100% man, 100% God. Divine deity and humanity coming together. He is like no other person in the universe. Praise the Lord. He's incomparable as a person. He's incomparable in his power. He's incomparable in his pomp. He's incomparable in his glory. Praise the Lord. He's omnipresent, yet we see he limited himself when he came down into this world. Praise the Lord. He's the glorious one, yet he emptied himself of his, all of his glory when he came to redeem you and me. Praise the Lord. How wonderful is the Savior. Look at the wonder of the Savior. He's the creator God, but he took the form of a creature. Praise the Lord. He is God, the Spirit, but he took the form of man. He is the creator of all flesh, but he took the form of flesh. Praise God. Think about it. What a great and awesome God of a goddess. The Bible calls him the Lion of Judah. He's the roaring lion of Judah, yet the Bible also portrays him as the Lamb of God, which came to offer himself the slain, the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Praise God. Look at the blend of beauty in Christ, Lion of Judah, at the same time, is a lamb of God. He's the king. At the same time, he's a servant. Praise the Lord. He's full of grace and he's full of truth. Praise God. What a blend of glory. Hallelujah. Grace and truth. Everything in this Christ. Praise God. When you think about who Jesus is, you would not but just simply wonder about such an awesome God that you and I are serving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't ever miss the wonder of the person, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. We see, we talk about Jesus coming into this world and, and taking the form of man. It's called incarnation. Incarnation is not imagination. Incarnation is not manipulation. Incarnation is not fabrication. But incarnation is a fact that God manifested in flesh. Praise the Lord. So don't lose the wonder of who 
Jesus is. We can come for worship, we can sing, and we can go through the motion of things and yet miss who this Jesus is. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's not only wonderful, he's a God who does wonderful things. This is how Job puts it, Job 5.9. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, Miracles that cannot be counted, praise the Lord. He's not only wonderful and we can wonder about who he is, but even his works are such that they are wonderful, praise God. Now I want you to look into your own life this last year and ask yourself, how many wonders did Jesus do in your life? Praise the Lord. How many miracles he did in your life. Praise the Lord. Does that cause you and me to pause before him, to stand before him and say, thank you. Praise the Lord. Do you know what is the greatest miracle that has happened in all of our lives? Is the fact that we became the children of God. Praise the Lord. That we are born into the kingdom of God. Do you know what makes me wonder about Jesus? Me, high, who was a slave to sin. Jesus came to my aid. He picked me up. Praise the Lord. He washed me with his blood. He took the raggedy garment of sin. The stained garment of sin. He took it out. And he adorned me with the garment of salvation. That was not good enough for me. He robed me with his robe of righteousness. I am robed with the robe of righteousness. If you are a child of God, you are robed with the robe of righteousness. Do you know what is the speciality of this robe? Praise God. When heaven looks at me with all my flaws and falterings, praise God. He looks at the robe of righteousness that I am adorned with. That I am I have put forth Jesus. Heaven looks at me as his own son. Praise the Lord. Not only that, the Bible says he has adorned me, he has put the garment of praise upon him. Praise the Lord. Do you have the garment of praise on you? When you have the garment of praise on you, you are praising God. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you think about Jesus and what he has done for you, praise God. The fact that he has done miracles and wonders in your life causes us to look at Jesus and wonder how good he is and why he has been so good to me. Praise the Lord. Have you ever thought about it? Yes, we all say God is good. Amen. But why he has been good to me? Praise the Lord. Is this because I did something? Is this because of my merit? Is this because of my goodness? Nay, the Bible says, For God demonstrates his own love towards sinners, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly, so that we who were ungodly can become godly. 
Praise the Lord. So this Christmas, we want to wonder about who Jesus is. Don't lose that marveling pause where you can pause before him and wonder. Praise God who Jesus is. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 says, why the wise men came. Praise the Lord. This Christmas, we don't want to forget that he's one who ought to be worshipped. Praise the Lord. Don't lose the wonder of Christmas. At the same time, don't forget that Jesus ought to be worshipped. Look what the word says. The Bible says, They went into the house and saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chest and gave him presents, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, the wise men came from the east, and they went to Herod's palace and asked Herod, Where is the one who was born as the king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have come to worship him. And once they located where Jesus was, the Bible says the wise men did what? They bowed down to Jesus and they worshipped him. Praise the Lord. No matter what activities fill this Christmas in your life, have you taken time to literally bow down and worship him? Praise the Lord. The wise men realized who Jesus is. And they realize that he is worthy to be worshipped. Praise the Lord. The term worship there, the Greek word is proskinio, meaning bow down paying homage. Praise the Lord. Have you ever, ever in your life bow down before Jesus? Praise the Lord. We are so cozy and comfortable we want to make sure that we have padded seats. We want to make sure that, that everything around us is, is climate controlled. We want to make sure that comfort is the best. Yes, that is good. But let me ask you, in your private moments with God, in corporate worship, has it ever passed your mind that you need to proskinio, bow down, fall before him and say, Lord, I adore you. I love that song. Oh Lord, we adore you. Praise the Lord. We cannot but adore him when we realize who Jesus is. The wise men traveled all this distance. When they saw him, praise God, they bowed down. They saw King Herod. I don't know what they did. They gave him a salutation that is fit for the king. But let me tell you what's fit for the king of king and the Lord of Lord and my savior and redeemer is nothing but a proskinio. Kneel down before him. Bow down before him and say, Lord Jesus, I worship you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quite often, we connect worship with what we receive, what we can get from God. Praise the Lord. It is beyond that. When we study the scripture, we understand there are three terms in Greek that is used 
when it comes to worship. One is proskenio, bowing down before the Lord. The second one is latrio. That means that means serving God. That is what I am doing. When I am preaching, I'm serving God. When the choir is singing, they are serving God. Praise the Lord. Involved in service, various kinds of service for God. That's latrio. But then there is also sibo, meaning standing in awe before God. See, when we sing, we should allow those words to minister to us, guys. You cannot just simply be casually singing. Because Sibo, you stand in awe. You're like, oh my God. Praise God. You're such an awesome God. That's why we need to read the scripture. That's why we need to read the Bible. Not to fill our heads with information. But to understand the revelation of an awesome God that we serve. Praise God. So that when we come to worship, we are charged. We are energized. We are exuberant. We are excited. Because we serve a God who is awesome. Great in counsel mighty indeed praise God indeed is wonderful he's counselor he's prince of peace the mighty God hallelujah who is like unto our God praise God you know we ought to know when we worship God there is blessing but we are not worshiping God for the blessing we are worshiping God for who he is is praise God. who he is revelation 411 somebody read it out for us revelation 411 tells us why we should worship him revelation 411 the last book in the bible worthy are you lord Worthy are you, Lord and God. Lord, you are worthy. I worship you. I proskenio, alatrio, I sebo, because you are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. Praise God. Do you know why we worship God? We worship Him because He's worthy. To receive glory, honor, and power. Praise God. Don't lose sight of this. Praise God. I am, you and I ought not to be worshiping for the goodies and gizmos we get from God. Those are praise God. God's benevolent heart supplies our need. Praise God for that. But we don't want to lose sight of who God is and the Bible says Lord you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy to receive glory honor and power this Christmas have you given glory honor power to him who sits on the throne praise God hallelujah when they paid homage to him bow down before him then they did what they took out what? Their treasures and placed before him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, worship, true worship will cost us something. Don't forget that. Worship is not cheap. 
true worship will cost us something. Praise the Lord. At times it would cost our dignity. Ask David. Praise the Lord. His wife looked down at him because of what he did in worship. At times, it will cost us our finance. Once you start giving to the Lord financially, it might cost you financially. At times, it would cost you your family and friends. Praise God. Do you know there are people who don't want to sit next to people who worship? Why? Why? I don't know about you. I love to sit next to people who worship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you know worship can be contagious. Praise the Lord. You rather sit around people who worship God than be mute. Because when you start, praise God, I want to start too. When you shout, I want to shout too. What's on you is rubbing on me now. Praise God. I, oh, I'm also connected to the one. When I look at you, I wonder why are you praising God? And then I look at myself and ask myself, why am I not praising God? Then I realize God did so much for for me than this brother if he can worship I ought to worship praise God first I have the revelation of who God is but then this is contagious praise God hallelujah find the person who worships sit around you but then you know you also need to find people who don't want to worship because who knows something might rub off you Make sure nothing rubs off from them to you. Praise the Lord. They offered. So there is treasures. In worship, we have to bring treasures to the Lord. Treasures that befit a king. Quite often, I think, we bring trinkets instead of treasures. We bring trinkets, you know. Here and there, oh, oh, hallelujah. That's a trinket. I mean, I was actually yawning, but then I realized I'm in the church, so I made the yawning into hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Actually, I was stretching, but then I realized I was in the church, and I said, oh, trinket. What is a treasure? What's a treasure that we ought to bring to God? You know, I put treasure like this. I want to define treasure like this. Treasure is something that's close to your heart. Treasure is something that is close to your heart. And what is close to your heart? I ask myself, what is close to my heart? And I realize the closest thing to my heart is my heart. Can anything get closer than your heart? No. The closest thing to your heart is your heart. And so when you come to worship God, give your heart. Praise God. In worship, give your heart to him. Where your heart is, everything will follow. Your wallet will follow. Your family will follow. Your priorities will follow. Everything will follow where your heart is. Praise the Lord. Give your heart to Jesus. Quite often, even in our services to God, Latrio, in our service to God, we have to make sure that our heart is plugged in because we can do stuff without our heart in it. 
If you're preaching, put your heart in it. If you're singing, put your heart in it. If you're playing music, put your heart in it. If you're giving, put your heart in it. Your heart should be ever present in your service to God. Quite often, our treasures can mutate into trinkets when a heart is not in it. Listen, our treasures can be devalued and become trinkets by the time it reaches heaven because the form was there, the force was not there. Our service to God ought to be authentic. If you say praise God, mean praise God. Hallelujah. If you say hallelujah, let it come from the depth of your heart because it is valued up in heaven. Praise God. Offer your very best to the Lord. Let me ask you this Christmas season. Did you take time to give your best to the Lord? Do you know what Jesus gave to us? What did he give? Of all the things, he gave his life for us. If Jesus gave his life for us, what can you give that is the very best? Is giving your life to him. This Christmas, let me ask you, my friend, have you given your life to Jesus? Giving your life to Jesus is not just simply a one-time event. Praise God. Throughout our life, we offer ourselves to him. Praise God. Giving our best to Jesus is absolutely important. Praise the Lord. Make sure that we give our very best to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. A missionary was teaching in Africa and he was teaching his his students, about the importance of giving, especially in this Christmas season. Giving. As he taught one of the students, one of the little kid, he decided that he's going to bring a gift for his teacher. And on that Christmas day, he knocked at the door and he offered a beautiful, lustrous-looking seashell to the master, to the teacher. The teacher looked at it and marveled. Says, wow, where did you get this from? And the little lad said, well, I walked miles and miles and miles to a bay. And these shells, you can only find it in that particular bay. The teacher looked at the lad and he said, you worked very hard and went far to get this beautiful beautiful shell and I want to thank you for that the lad's eyes brightened and he looked at the teacher and he said long walk part of gift praise God long walk part of gift see there is labor involved in what in giving to the Lord there is labor involved praise God when you're serving God, there is labor involved. Praise God. When you're doing service to God, there is labor involved. Praise God. And that labor is also giving to God. 
We live in a world that has, that has come to a place because of advancement in technology. We call it the ease of use. Swiping, you know, tapping, everything has become simple. Amidst all these things, make sure your heart is in what you give to God. Praise God. God gave his very best to you. Give your very best to him. What have you given this season to Jesus? Have you given your best to the Lord? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This Christmas season, don't forget that there is a need to witness. Praise the Lord. The witness. We talked about the wonder. We talked about worship. Witness. Praise the Lord. You know, the shepherds, once they came to know about Jesus and when they actually went and saw him, the Bible says they went around spreading about news about Jesus, you cannot celebrate Christmas without talking about Jesus. When you go and witness Emmanuel, God with us, how can you contain it? It becomes spontaneous. Praise the Lord. Talking about Jesus becomes spontaneous. Praise God. Sometimes we become so refined and dignified that we hardly talk about Jesus. To many Christians, Jesus is a hush, hush word. Shh. We don't want anybody to know. Fifth. 51 weeks have passed by. Can I ask you, in this 51 weeks, how many people did you share with Jesus? Did you share with anyone about Jesus? Do we really have a right to celebrate Christmas if we don't talk about Jesus? Is our talking about Jesus confined among our own? Or have we shared about Jesus? Praise God. What are some practical things that you can do to share Jesus? The season is the best time. Because everybody is talking about Christmas. Do something practical that would let you share about Jesus. Carry a small Bible with you. Give it to somebody. Praise God. Give a card written to your mailman with a note in it that Jesus loves you. Put a little bit more than a note, okay? The guy who collects your garbage, year round he's been collecting your garbage. This is a perfect time. Put something together 
and give it to him as a gift. Praise God. Practical things. Practical. Don't just simply eat cookies and cakes and, 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 and get together and have family gathering. and All these things are good. We, I do all these things. I love cookies and creams. That's not the point. The point is be, be deliberate. Be deliberate. Half of the day is gone. Only other, the, the, the latter part of the day is left. When you go out of this place, be deliberate, guys. You know, just, don't just talk about the lights are good. Everything is good. But don't you want to ignite a light in somebody who's living in darkness? Why is witness so important? Because somebody witnessed to you. And we quite often don't understand the, the, the importance of it because most of us are born in Christian homes and we have been trained and, and, and the word is imparted to us. Praise God and thank God for my godly parents and godly heritage. Praise God. But that should not depreciate the value of what God has done in us. You know, the light is ignited in us because somebody took the pain to share Jesus to you. When you start sharing Jesus, you will understand. I was sharing. I've heard stories about this, but this actually happened to me. I was sharing Jesus with someone. And I led him to the Lord. I baptized him. And I am discipling him. In the process, he asked me a question. That shook the very core of my being. He asked me about his departed parent. Who departed this world. Without knowing Jesus. Why do you think this light is given into your hands? It is to ignite the light in others. And how would it be possible... If we do not craft and plan our lives in such a manner that we are deliberate about sharing Jesus. I'm not saying become obnoxious. No, don't become obnoxious. People look at obnoxious people and say, I don't want to be like that. You don't have to be like that. You can be like Jesus, graceful. Praise God. Waiting for the right Waiting for the right time. You pray about a person. And you wait. You wait. At the right time. God will create opportunity for you. To share Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Can you make up your mind today? Lord. I will sing about Jesus. I'll talk about Jesus. Let me start this Christmas. Praise God. Hallelujah. That beautiful voice that God has given. In your family gatherings. When people who are not believers come. Do you take time to praise God? Do you sing unto God? Do you employ your God-given melodious voice to praise him? 
Do you pray out? Do you share what the Lord has done? Witnessing is important. But the next part comes, which is very, very important. Praise the Lord. The work. What is the work? You know what Paul says in Galatians 4.19? Galatians 4.19 is crying out. It's a cry of Paul's heart. This is what he said. My children with whom I travail again in birth until Christ is formed in you. He's talking about the children that he has brought into the kingdom of God. Christ is born into them. They are born again. But he's praying that I am laboring with birth pangs to make sure Christ is formed in you. Wow. Praise God. We are so content that we are born again and our children are born again. Being born again doesn't mean that we have culminated to that to that high experience. It's a beginning. It's a start. It's the first step. God wants us to have the form. Praise God. Of Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. What does it mean to have Christ formed in you? Having that form means You mature in your Christian life. Peter puts it like this. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul puts it like this. Growing up to the stature of Christ. Paul puts it like this. Becoming partakers of the divine nature of Christ. Praise the Lord. He's Christ formed in you Christmas praise God hallelujah born again Jesus came into my heart thank God that is the beginning we as believers we have to make sure that Christ is formed in us (coughs) excuse me Christ is formed in us amen Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and become discontent? I'm not talking about the physical mirror. All of you guys are beautiful and handsome. Praise the Lord. Live up to the whatever God has made you to. Praise the Lord. You are because the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's word mirror. Mirror which is God's word. Have you ever stood before that mirror and looked at yourself? We take time to look at everybody else. But we don't take time to look at ourselves. And when we look at ourselves there ought to be a birth pang. A labor. A travailing that has to take place within us. Because we realize the form of Christ has not reached its zenith, its height. This Christmas season, 
Be glad and happy that Jesus is born into your heart. But don't stop with that. The form of Christ has to be formed in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Become very rigid. Become very hard. Look down at people. Nah, 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 nah. That's not what I'm talking about. Having the mind of Christ. When you have the form of Christ, it affects the conduct. Praise God. It affects every arena of your life. You have the mind of Christ which enables you to discern. There is so many arenas. I'm just going to touch one. You have the mind of Christ which allows you to discern between right and wrong. Good and evil. And the world that we live in has, has pumped evil into the society in sugar-coated way. Everything looks glamorous. Everything looks glorious. Everything looks lustrous. Everything looks so nice. Unless you have the discerning spirit and the form of Christ has not taken over you, you will not be able to discern and differentiate between what is godly and ungodly. Yes, you have to have the spirit of God in you and the form of Christ in you to know the difference. Otherwise, the world will take you for a ride and you will understand way, way later that the world took you for a ride. The form of Christ, that was a cry of Paul. And I pray that it will be the cry of every leader in this church. That everyone in the house of God will have the form of Christ. Praise God. If you are a Sunday school teacher, if you are a youth leader, if you are a choir leader, your cry should be for those who you are ministering to, to those who have been placed under you, that the form of Christ will come in them. Did it ever hurt you? Sometimes when people tell you, do this, do that, Sometimes when people tell you it's not right, it's not, it might not be because they don't like you. Nah. It's not because they don't like you. They want to see the form of Christ in you. We always look at things negatively. They want to see the form of Christ. Let me ask you. Have you prayed for your children? Forget about Sunday school and all those things. If you, if you want to rise up to that level, you need to start in your home. Because we care for our children more than anybody else. Amen? Yeah, we all do. Have you prayed for your children that the form of Christ be seen in them? Does it bother you that the form of Christ is missing in them? Have you shed tears crying to the Lord saying, Lord, I don't see Jesus in them. I don't see Jesus in him. I don't see Jesus in her. Does that bother you? Praise God. 
had a talk with somebody. They say they are grooming their children. Grooming their children. Good. For what? To make deals. To the learning the art of making deals. Go to Donald Trump. He has a book on it. Don't import values that they will learn the art of making deals in the house of God. That's abhorment for God. Praise God. Pray that God, the, the, the form of Christ will take place in them. Praise God. When you import, make sure that it is nothing but kosher. Meaning nothing but godly. Anything that is not godly that is imported will come back to bite you and it will bite you. Praise God. Paul is crying, he's saying it's as a pain. I am praying what my children with whom I travail again in birth until Christ is formed in you. Praise God. From infancy to maturity. Becoming like Jesus. Praise God. Think about it like this as an analogy. From a caterpillar. From a larva. To a beautiful butterfly. What does that mean? It means reaching the destiny reaching the full potential in grace in glory in beauty and in fulfilling the god assigned role praise god that's when christ is formed in us praise the lord is christ formed in us praise god hallelujah not simply dispensing theological information, but truly yearning and crying for to see the reality of regeneration in our lives. Finally, folks, let me conclude. This is the last thing goes through our mind when we think about Christmas, the warning. Really? Christmas, the warning? Yeah. Christmas, the warning. Do you know what the warning is in Christmas? Before Jesus was born in the Garden of Eden, God pronounced that the seed of woman shall crush the head of the serpent. Throughout the scripture, the coming of Jesus was prophesied. They call it the first advent, the first coming of Christ. In fact, the wise men came to Herod and said, where is the king of the Jews is born? We have come to worship him. Herod had no clue. He was a king, but he had no clue. But then you know what he did? He called the high priest and the scribes and he demanded, tell me, where is the king? Where is he, is he born? You know those guys? They were so scholarly. They opened the book and they said, Herod, 
The scripture says, the prophet says, he will be born in Bethlehem. Listen. Listen to this very carefully, church. The Jewish people had the Torah. They had the laws and the prophets exclusive given to them. They kept it. Thank God. They copied it. They made copies and they handed it down, 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 down. They read it. They memorized it. They had this in their system. But when Jesus came, they missed it. They missed it. They could pinpoint the birthplace of Jesus. They told Herod, he's born in, in Bethlehem. He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Do you know how far is Bethlehem from Jerusalem? Five miles. They did not bother to travel five miles and check out whether Jesus was born. Do you know what happened? They got so immersed in ritual and religion. They became so scholarly. Knowledge all went up into the head. They could tell him right away where it was. They didn't have no concordance like we do, guys. They did not go to Google and Googled it. They knew exactly what the prophet said. They said, it's Bethlehem. But they never bothered to go there. But do you know, the wise men who did not have the scripture, they looked at the star because God had flung a star in the sky in honor of his son who was born. They looked at the star and they followed Jesus. The illiterate shepherds heard the voice of the angels and they ran to see him. But the scholarly well-informed missed the fact that Jesus was born. What am I saying? More than 100 prophecies are there in the Bible that talks about the birth, the ministry, and the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. This entire group, nation, missed it. They knew it like the back of their hand. They missed it. Have you ever pondered why? But amidst them, there were two. There was a Simeon who was an old man. The Bible says he was just, he was devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Listen to me very carefully. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him that he will not die unless he see Jesus. And the Holy Spirit guided him. And there was another woman called Anna the prophetess. She was a widow, elderly. She also saw Jesus. They probably did not have all the information that the others had. But they were just. They were devout. They were waiting. And they were guided by the Holy Spirit. That's why they clicked. They did not miss they did not see the wonders or miracles of Jesus. They just saw him as a baby. 
but they identified him. The religious leaders, the political leaders, the scribes, the scholars, they missed it. Knowledge is good. Knowing is good. But more than knowing, doing is good. We need to know and do. Knowing and doing has to go hand in hand. If knowing and doing doesn't go hand in hand, only knowing you are like one wing that you are fluttering, you are not going to rise. Everybody missed it. These two guys did not miss it. Why am I bringing it as a warning? This season, everybody talks about the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Well, this season you also have to think because the Bible says Jesus is going to come back again. Praise the Lord. Revelation 22, there is three times Jesus is saying that he's going to come, he's going to come, he's going to come, he's going to come. In the New Testament, in the Old Testament, eight times more second coming of Jesus is mentioned than the first coming of Jesus. Praise God. 23 out of 27 New Testament authors, they talk about the second coming of Jesus. All nine writers of the New Testament talk about the second coming of Jesus. Why am I saying this? I am saying this. We cannot be like them who missed the coming of Christ. Praise God. You don't want to miss the coming of Christ. The first time Jesus came, he came to take the sins of mankind, to save mankind. The second time is coming to gather his saints. There's no third time. He's coming to gather his saints. Praise God. He's coming to gather his saints. This Christmas season, praise God. The message within all this wonderful thing. There is a warning. What is that? Don't miss the coming of Jesus. Praise God. Don't miss the coming of Jesus. Praise God. Listen. Between then and future. There is now. Now. Praise God. What has happened in the past is history. We have to learn from history. And during the birth of Jesus, as the world celebrates the birth of Jesus, and we join in in this Christmas season, you have to learn from history. Knowing is not good enough. Doing is absolutely important. Having the knowledge is absolutely important. With the knowledge of the scripture, God expects us to live a godly, holy, clean, God-honoring life. Praise God. Don't miss that. More knowledge in word doesn't mean that we become so good that we have articulated the art of getting away with it. My God, I'm so amazed. I see people who are so good in the word. They have articulated the art of getting away with it. Meaning, they can quote scriptures right and left and justify the wrong and the sin that is prevalent. 
now. Praise God. Something's wrong. This Christmas, the warning. The warning, what? Don't miss it. The Bible talks. He says, he's going to come. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's going to come. He's going to come again. This time, not like a baby in a manger. But he's going to come. Praise God in all of his glory. Oh, the trumpet will sound. Amen. It's going to come with a shout of the angel. Hallelujah. It's coming. And you and my, you and me are waiting. Waiting. First John 3, 3. The apostle of love puts it like this. Those who have this hope purifies themselves as he is pure. Praise God. That's a motivation, guys. That's a motivation. When you think that Jesus is going to come and you want to go, the motivation is to live a pure life, a holy life. Praise God. Christ, don't miss, he's the wonder. Christ, don't miss, is the object of worship. Christ, don't miss, he has, we have to witness his love. Christ, don't miss, the work in you and the work in others that you love and you care. Christ is coming back. Don't miss it.